This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 129, Pockets. In this episode, I've got some knitting, some spinning, some mending plans, and I'm all spun up about pockets. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. But of course, we're going to kick this episode off with some updates. So I don't have a whole ton, but what I do have is... So apparently all of my work has been very effective. And as long as the algorithm doesn't hear me talk about it, it seems like I may have knocked all of the fake sweater ads off of the Instagram because I have not received, I think I've seen one ad in like the last two weeks and then they ceased. I don't know if I just clicked all the right buttons and now they're no longer sending them to me, but it's fantastic. And I'm not angry every time I get on Instagram. Well, I'm not angry about the ads every time I get on Instagram. So that's pretty, pretty great. And I'm super happy about it. Um, We also did a little bit of traveling. Right after I published the last episode, me and the boy fully intended to go to the Salida Fiber Festival, which is an annual event in Salida, Colorado. So I'm like, hey, can you mountain bike in Salida? And he's like, I absolutely can. Let's do it. Let's head up there for the weekend and just chill. I figured we'd go up Saturday maybe get like an Airbnb or something. And I would do fibery things and connect with my fibery friends and he could mountain bike during the day. And we'd, you know, support the local economy, eat at some restaurants, do that kind of stuff, check out the local area. But as it turns out, our dog sitter backed out at the last minute and Salida has actually some very, very strict policies on pets in parks. So I did not get to go to Salida and I was super disappointed But we did make a spur of the moment decision to actually still get out of town, which was great. So we headed out into the mountains and ended up in Copper Mountain at the Union Peak Music Festival, which is like a three-day event and it's totally free. It's out at the Copper Mountain grounds and it was wonderful. We saw a couple of really good bands. He really discovered it because he wanted to see this band called Dury and I will pick a song from that band and lead us out with it this episode but they were pretty good it was a lot of fun it was a great show totally pet friendly event and there was some great food vendors and beer vendors and a lot of other different things and it was just a lot of fun and it was totally free so seating was kind of first come first serve we got up there early afternoon and the live music really started that we wanted to see started around 4 p.m so we were seated and had a great shot at the main stage and it was wonderful we had a really great time and i think that that's really all i've got going on this episode and updates so i guess it's time to get this podcast started in this episode i am all spun up about jeans and pockets mostly pockets that are currently irritating me about my jeans as we age Body shapes change. Lots of stuff changes. And one of the things that has changed for me is my tolerance for denim that has a high content of elastic in it. Because no matter what I do, I have like these two spots 
that wear out on denim, new denim with elastic in it, like in less than a year. And I, I'm not trying to buy disposable jeans. So I found a couple different pair of jeans that fit really well. I like the style. They're comfortable. They go with most of my clothes. And jeans are like one of my favorite things in the world to wear. Jeans and t-shirts. Nice t-shirts most of the time, but that's kind of my go-to. I'm comfortable in jeans. And I want to wear jeans every day for the rest of my life. But I can't necessarily do that if they keep wearing out on me. So, back in the day, like the first couple times, I had these really great pair of jeans. They were Lucky Brand jeans too, so they weren't cheap or inexpensive. They weren't inexpensive. Turns out that the quality of the fabric in these jeans with uh, the elastic content, they were the first ones to wear out, and I love those jeans. They fit me so well, but now I hate those jeans because they wore out so quickly. I tried to mend the area. It's my thighs, like the inner part of my thighs. They, it wears out like two big holes on either side, and I don't walk so quickly, and my thighs don't rub that much that I'm like, catching fire down there and they should be just wearing these huge holes in them and it drives me nuts and I I can't stand finding new jeans right going to the store and trying them on to make sure they fit the way you want and wait make sure that you know the places I need give have give and the places I need curve have curve and so it's led me down this path but one of the things that I have on my master plan is buying jeans with less elastic in them so that they wear longer. I mean, I, I own jeans that I've had for 15 plus years and maybe the denim color has faded a little bit, but they're still a solid piece of clothing, right? Jeans should not be a disposable clothing item. So I am headed down this path to mending so I can get jeans to stay the way I want them as long as possible. I just bought a great pair of jeans. They fit wonderful. They're amazing. No elastic in them, but they fit me the way I want jeans to fit me, which is awesome. So it's kind of like a 90s cut from American Eagle that's all denim, no elastic. It's wonderful. They are not a stretch jean. However, this is where I get to the pocket problem. <sighs> I don't know why they don't want women to have pockets. We have things to carry and it's ridiculous that either jeans have pretend pockets, like why are these sewn down? Like there's clearly a pocket inside the pant, but the on the outside, it's just a decorative element. Ridiculous. These latest jeans whose fit I love that are just great jeans ha had distressed pockets. Like they don't have rips on them, but they had distressed pockets. I had my phone in my pocket. I bent over to like, pick up the dog bowl so I could feed her some food and my phone ripped out of my back pocket. Like, so what is that? What is that? <sighs> so I am headed down this path to mend jeans that are denim so that they will last me a long time. And I actually can functionally use all the parts and pieces that they have like the pockets. Why would you distress the pockets? I don't, I just don't understand. But anyway, I've had a book in my library for quite some time. It's called Mending Matters by Katrina Rodabau. And it's all about, well, it's all about mending. 
and slow fashion and a lot of techniques inside this book for visible mending. And I think visible mending is super cute and I think it will add something to the look and feel of my jeans and I will be able to repair the pockets so that they are now functional again. This is my back pockets, by the way, like on my butt. And I do not have a small butt. So I need to be able to bend down and pick things up without worried about things falling out of my pocket. I actually also have another pair of, I think they're a Capri jean. They're also denim and also have a long slit in the back pocket, which makes it impossible to put a phone in it without it falling directly onto the floor. Like, why don't they want us to have pocket? I don't get it. So I'm going to mend the jeans I'm wearing. Actually, I'm wearing them today that I love. They're the new ones. And I hope that they, American Eagle comes out with a couple new colors with no rips of this style of jean because I really, really like them. I don't even know how to describe my body shape. Rectangular, maybe. Like my ribs and the top of my hips are very close together. So there's no hourglass. I don't, I can't do like a mom jean. I can't do a jean that, you know, comes in any place at the top because it's just going to squeeze the life out of me. So back in the day, I actually used to wear men's jeans because they were straight at the top. They had like a mid rise, which was perfect. Except these days they've modified men's jeans. So they actually make room for their junk and I don't have junk. So I don't want that bulge there. So men's jeans are now out, but these nineties shaped like boyfriend style jeans made for women. That is a perfect cut for me because I like a mid rise that's straight. And it's, I'm so happy that I actually found a style that fits me that way. But now I have to mend the pockets so I can actually use them functionally. Pretty ridiculous, pretty crazy, but it's, kind of given me an excuse to break into this book and I'm pretty excited about it and I will definitely post a link to the book in the show notes so I have a pair of shorts that has just it had some distressing on the front and now that's a rip and I don't want it to be a rip anymore because like my thigh hangs out of it it's weird I have a pair of capris that have several those are probably gonna be the last things I'm in because there are actually several very inconvenient holes in those jeans but I think they would be very cute and fashionable with some visible mending to include the pockets and then these new jeans that need a pocket repair within a week of owning them. I hate buying jeans and I was so super stoked that these fit, but I'm not giving up on them. I will mend the pockets and I will wear them again. So I will have to keep you posted on my mending journey because right now not super happy about being all spun up about jeans and pockets. And now it is on to spinning my wheels. So I've been doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I'm pretty excited about that. So I did finish the first textured hat. I only knit it three times in three different colors to get an effect I was happy with, but I finished the sample. It is blocking downstairs. I got the pattern written up. So I need to get a couple good pictures of the hat and send that draft to my tech editor before I can do anything else with that. So I'm pretty pleased with it. I do like the way that it ended up in the Malabrigo Rios. The texture is really, really showing a lot more clearly in that one. And I'm very pleased with it. 
I kind of adjusted sizing a little bit as I went along, so I'm pretty stoked. I think I changed the needle size between the first one and the second version. And then the first part of the body of the hat and the brim, I adjusted by about a half an inch between the second version and the third version. I think it's gonna fit perfectly now on an average size head, and I'll write it up for probably three different sizes once I get all of that done. We, where did we go? We drove to Boulder this past weekend, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have anything to knit in the car. So I'm like, okay, I'll cast on the next hat because I know what I want to do with the next hat. I haven't actually written it up. I just know I've actually knit swatches of the stitch pattern for the crown and for the brim, but I could not find my notes for those. And then I couldn't remember. It's been a while since I've actually like did the swatching for that. And I couldn't find my notes. And I had worked out all this math to make this stitch pattern working in a unique way to put it on a hat because it's typically not found like in this format. I kind of changed a classic uh, stitch. So what I decided I was going to do was I've had it in my head for a while that I wanted to make a, okay, I wanted to make a sock blank scarf. So this one time I was shopping at my local yard store and I found this beautiful gradient sock blank but I didn't think it was perfect for socks because it starts gray and goes all the way to this beautiful raspberry color in one gradient. And it's not two strands knit together in the blank. It's a single strand. And I'm like, no, this isn't going to work for socks because I don't really want one gray sock and one burgundy sock. But as I had it, I just could the gradient was so well executed. I couldn't walk away from the yarn. So I just kind of wrapped it around my neck like a scarf. And I just thought it was the cutest little accent scarf, but because it was just knit and stockinette, you know, the sides were curling and all this stuff, but I love the length of it and I love the drape of it. And I decided I should just knit from one end of that gradient and turn this into a scarf, like almost the exact same dimensions, right? So I'm taking the stitch pattern for that hat so I can redo the math and remember how to actually execute the stitch pattern and I'm turning it into this scarf. So that's my way of kind of swatching and figuring out my math is by relearning this stitch pattern on this scarf. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. I cannot for the life of me remember what dyer I got that yarn from. So, so there's that. But hat number two will be in the works probably within the next week and I'm super excited. Very excited, except I think I need to come up with a different color. I think it's going to be orange. The first one's kind of blue, but that's okay. Loving it and digging it. And the knitting's moving smoothly. Oh, and I also need to find some yarn in like some antique colors, antique pink or purple, to make a baby sweater for some friends of ours. That's kind of her color preference, and I just don't. Ha I think I have some cottony pink. You know, I want it to be wash and wear. I definitely don't want it to be hand wash only or dry clean only because that baby's definitely going to spit up on it because it's for a newborn. I have about a month before she's due. So that's definitely plenty of time to get that done for her. And I know someplace I have some light pink and I thought that what I might do if I can find the yarn is maybe do an over dye with some tea or coffee to kind of give it like an antique look. And that may work out and we will find out but that's kind of what I've got in plans for the next couple weeks. So we'll see how that goes. All right, in spinning. 
I'm chugging along on that abstract fiber that I was working on before. With the little bit of travel that we did and the weekend away, I kind of lost a few hours of spinning time, which is fine. I have about three feet of the braid left to spin. So when I spin from a braid, typically they've been compacted and sitting in my stash for a while. So I like to pre-draft them a little bit just to get the fibers moving because I can't stand struggling like as you're actually spinning to get it to draft. So I do a little pre-drafting and I work at about 18 inches at a time. I'll pre-draft it and then I'll spin it. So as to actually what I'm doing right now as I'm recording this episode is I am pre-drafting the next 18 inches of this braid. And I only have a total of about three to four feet left. So in the next couple days, I'll have this all done and it should be definitely be plied by the time I get to the next episode. Oh, and I went down into the stash and discovered that I actually had an active project working on the spindles. A long time ago, let's go to the uh, Ravelry stash and take a look. This stuff was added to my stash in May of 2015. So it is a Nunoco, N-U-N-O-C-O, Summer Beach. And what it actually was, this kit was a, it was 14 five ounce colors of Merino, five grams of Firestar, and then a Rockpool mini bat. And the intent was, this was a spin along, was to blend it all and spin it into however you want it to. And it was, I'm pretty sure it was a Jenkins Turkish spindle spin along. So what I decided to do was I was going to, I actually split all the colors into two. So each of those is two and a half grams, mixed it with a fire star and a little bit of the bat so I could get a mix made Rolags and I'm spinning singles on my Turkish spindles and then plying those together. And I can't believe I didn't finish it a long time ago. I'm actually enjoying it. It's, um, I actually have it sitting on my desk in my office so that when I have, that's one of those things I'm working on when I have those long meetings where I'm just really observing and I don't have an active role, I'm just taking notes or listening or whatever, you know, the all hands meetings or the, you know, town hall or whatever. So that's coming along nicely and I'm really, really enjoying it. And I'll link to the stash page on my Ravelry so you can see exactly what that was. And I believe I recently posted photos of it. If not, I will put some photos on my Instagram so you guys can check it out there. What else for spinning my wheels? I have not discovered a name for my spinning method, for my drafting method, my go-to drafting method. But as part of my research, I just watched a craftsy class from JC Boggs on drafting techniques from worsted to woolen. And she said, other than naming it, what you should really, really do is tell people what you did and what your fiber prep was. And that's the best way for someone else to envision what you've done. This drafting method is a short forward draft, letting twist in between my hands, but not smoothing it. And I'm actually using comb top instead of carded fiber. So it's kind of woolen-y, but not truly woolen-y because it's a comb top. And that is my go-to drafting method. And one of these days I will actually take a video of myself executing this drafting method and posting it. So that's really what it is. It is a short forward draft, letting the twist in between my hands, but not smoothing it. Yeah, so it's it's not really, you can't call it a long draw because it is from comb top, right? So that a long draw is pretty, when people envision the long draw, they definitely envision it being executed on a carded fiber 
that is intended to end up with a woolen yarn. And that's just not the case. So it's definitely a modified short draw, but I'm not smoothing the yarn out and I'm not pinching. I'm actually letting the draft into my fiber source and just pulling it out a little at a time. Yeah, so that's my drafting method. And I haven't made any more progress on the sewing except for what we talked about in what I'm all spun up on. All right. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Yes, it has been very short and sweet, but with the travel and the distractions that I've had in the last couple of weeks, um, I just didn't take good notes on all my content. So this is where we are, but I was not going to skip the week of putting it out. As I said before, I'm going to lead us out with a song called Who's Laughing Now by the band Dury. We actually discovered them on Instagram. I know, right? Instagram. Again, it's like we're coming full circle. Discovered them on Instagram and my significant other noted that they were on tour and that they had a couple of venues in Colorado and we were thankful to get to see them. So I hope you like their music. And if you do, you take the opportunity to uh, patronize what they have to offer. We really, really enjoyed it. That's all I've got going on. I do have some travel and some events coming up here in the next month. So I will have a lot to share about that in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in, all my returning listeners. And if you're new, I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com and stalk me on Ravelry and social media as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I will talk to you soon. My mama always said I would regret it If I ever got a tattoo She said I'd never get a job Like I ever wanted one Without attitude My dad said I had to learn To drive a stack shift But Friend
Seven days old.